Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, hunbots and hunbros. It's been a while since we had some housekeeping, and so I thought I would pop in here and give you some. Why not? Uh, This episode is uh, highly requested. I have had many people ask me, for an episode on doTERRA for a while. We've talked about Young Living, and we're going to continue to talk about Young Living, but we haven't done doTERRA. And so I had my friend Jamie come on the show, and we talked about her experience in doTERRA. And on Friday, I had her come on the YouTube show, Life After MLM The Show. If you guys are not over there and you're interested in more anti-MLM content, uh, go ahead and give us a like and a subscribe But she came on the show on Friday and we talked a little bit about her episode. We did a little bit of a teaser. We had some different conversations about doTERRA. Uh, There was one thing that I forgot to add on the show, which I'm going to put in here. I got an email that morning. I was going to talk to Jamie about someone, uh, a listener of the show, who actually canceled her doTERRA membership. And I was going to read the email on the show and I completely forgot to do it. She did give me the permission, and I'm going to read it here instead because it is a great email. This is why we do this, and I wanted to share this for everybody. Hi, Roberta. My name is Jessica, and I live in Staten Island, New York. I've recently binged every episode of your podcast, and I was on the fence with ending my membership with doTERRA, mainly because I never felt pressured to make it a business or recruit, so I just used it as a discount for essential oils. I know how ridiculous that rationale is considering they're so overpriced even with the membership discount because of their payment structure. I just wanted to say thank you for the education. I'm sorry this might be clogging up your email. Don't worry, it's not. But I'm a teacher and I know how much a thank you note from a parent or a student goes for me. So I hope this email of appreciation from a virtual stranger brightened your day a little bit. It absolutely did. Thank you. Keep up the great work. I know it's hard. I'm trying to find ways to put it in my sister-in-law's head to end her Discovery Toys MLM business. She's made no money on the past 15 years that she's been pushing it. But your podcast has given me gentle hints to drop so she comes to the conclusion herself, just like I had to do. Thank you again, Jessica. So I wanted to say thank you to Jessica for sending me that email. Um, It is always a welcome 
message, especially in times where you feel like, am I doing enough? Am I getting the message out there? And am I helping enough people? And then I get an email like that. So I just, I wanted to say thank you. It was an incredible, an incredible message. I hope people are listening to this, getting those gentle reminders, coming to these conclusions themselves and going, "Uh uh-oh, wait a second, am I in one of these things? And sort of coming to that conclusion and realizing it through education and compassion. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited that everything's sort of working out. Um, The only other thing was that I want to remind you guys that we are still raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Every single bit helps. And we have a goal right now. I'm going to be sharing a virtual map, but we are trying to collect at least $25 from every single state in the United States. And I know not only do I have listeners in the United States, but I have listeners all over the world. So if you are so inclined, even a $5 donation will be so helpful. We are trying to get $25 per state. That is our goal right now. And I would love to make that goal a reality. So link is in the show notes. If you are so inclined, you would be helping out some pretty awesome kids. Um, So yeah, anyway, enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we're talking about another MLM that we haven't talked about, but we get a lot of emails and we get a lot of comments and it's time. We're going to be talking about doTERRA. It's time. So I'd like to introduce to the show, Jamie Smith. Jamie, how are you? I'm good. I'm really ready to talk about this. So thank you so much for your podcast and for having me on. I am really excited. We have covered Young Living many times. on TikTok, on Instagram. And I think we have mentioned it a couple of times in different podcast episodes as well. And um, I get so many people that are like, you've talked about Young Living, but what about doTERRA? Is it the same? Is it better? Which one? What's the deal? And, you know, they're all the same. All MLMs are the same. But the best way to learn that is through the eyes of someone who experienced it. So let's get into your story. Tell us where you were in your life when you joined doTERRA and what that looked like. Alrighty. Well, my kid was about almost two and I had been trying to transition out of being a massage therapist. I'd been a massage therapist for about, about 15 years at that point. I developed my own line of massage and body care oils that I was trying to market and get out there at events in town. Those oils go bad. You know, I was using a a big mix of carrier oils. They go rancid. So I was not running, you know, I couldn't quite figure out my business model to sell them really quickly enough. So I said my kid was about almost two. I had lost my father. My husband was sort of in and out of work. And I, you know, I did experience postpartum depression. I had a complicated birth experience followed by the death of my father. I was not in an awesome place. Yeah, that's... Those I can relate. Absolutely. I can relate to all of that. Yeah. You know, and then here I've got this, this line of product that I'm trying to create as my stay at home mom business. And that's not really working out. I had also trained as a holistic health coach and turned out, I didn't like that business model so much either. You know, I, (laughs) I, I couldn't keep doing massage forever. Um, And then when my friend pitched me, this business opportunity, she'd actually given me a sample a year or two earlier while I was developing my product line. Um, but it, it didn't land for me. I didn't use it. I didn't look at it. She gave me the A to Z doTERRA guide. I just, it just like, it was apropos of nothing. I wasn't using that particular oil in my blends. 
I didn't, whatever. Um, then she circled back, you know, at this time and pitched the business and she just kind of dropped an income claim. She said, our upline is making about 15 grand a month. Wouldn't you like to, to, I was like, hell yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> but who would say no to that? <laughs> of course. Right. right? And by then question. it's so fucking ridiculous. But, you know, by then we've sort of really established a friendship. I just really did not question anything. And in my mind, it would be retail because I did previously use Young Living. Um, I had an account with them for years and really like literally had no idea they were an MLM. I'd retail at my massage office. You know, I went to her class or party or whatever it was. I wasn't part of the class. I like came at the end, bought a kit, opened my account opted in to pay the $100, 100 PV thing a month without knowing anything about the business model, retailed that kit to a friend um, who was a client. So I thought I'd be retailing. Soon after was when I had a, an injury that I really should have stopped working and like healed through, but I kept working. It really pushed me out of doing massage. And so over the next four years, I really tried on doTERRA in sort of different iterations. Um, but I was with them for four years from about 2014 to 2018. Um, I actually had a question, which is interesting. You said that you were using young living and you were retailing it in your practice mm -hmm. and you had no idea it was an MLM. Did anybody ever say anything to you? Like, Oh, I didn't know you sold these or anything like that. Did anybody seem off put by it at all? People just thought they were a nice sort of supplement to the service. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, you know, there's that memory connection with scent and they can sort of take this home and sort of re-embody the experience they had on the massage table, right? Like it was just sort of a supplemental thing um, for a few years. I mean, I had worked in destination spas. I'd worked in chiropractic. I'd worked sort of across the board in addition to my own practice. So I'd already been exposed to essential oils for a very long time, um, even prior to becoming a massage therapist. So I already had sort of that exposure. It's interesting though, because if you were to see that now, now you said that was like that you joined doTERRA in 2014. So your young living was even pre 2014, yeah. but like, yeah. if you see that now, if there's somebody, you know, any sort of professional, anybody that's selling an MLM in their practice now, like Within 12 hours of it happening, you're going to see it in a Facebook shaming group somewhere that's like, look at what I found. Like, They're selling this somewhere. So it's really interesting that you said that no one really mentioned it. No one said anything. It was totally fine. And what a different, what a different time MLM was 10 years ago. It really was. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard about Young Living, there, it was just shrouded in mystique. And I was like, how do I get my hands on these oils? You know, and I like, couldn't get an account. I didn't really try and whatever. And then eventually client offered me an account and that was kind of it. Signed up with an account, placed my order, retailed them in my office, learned their raindrop shit, you know, did that on my clients. Sorry. But she never educated me about the, like anything. And so I might've just been a customer on her downline, which has been kind of a question I've been having is, did my customers, the ones who weren't doing the business, did they actually know that they were part of my downline? Cause that's how doTERRA does it. It's like your customers are part of your OV. Um, I thought that was interesting. I was like, I wonder if they had consented or opted in. 
right? That's a really great point because a lot of these MLMs, as I look at these compensation plans and the way that these structures happen, there's very, very little distinction between a customer account and a selling account. And a lot of times they're exactly the same, except once you check that box, there's no going back kind of thing. So it's like a lot of people are basically unwillingly becoming participants in pyramid schemes that they don't even know is happening because they've been told this isn't a pyramid scheme, it's legal. Or, oh, you're not, this is not part of that. You're just buying product. We're just a wholesaler. We're just your rep, like whatever, you know? So there's a lot of that as well. It's interesting. It goes into consent as well. Like, I don't know if I would buy oils from someone knowing that it would put me into some sort of scheme. I would rather buy oils from something that that definitely doesn't have a scheme attached. Yeah. During my time, just like, I don't know how common this is in other MLMs, but we would change training systems. Like we'd, things would be constantly changing. And we had three kind of different levels of accounts. So people would know whether they had a customer account or a business account. That was always pretty clear. However, you were still on the enrollers downline. Yeah. Like on the back end, it's, it's the same thing. Like on the front end, you're like, oh no, you're this because you don't do this. You don't do that. That's, that's what you are. Okay, cool. I don't have to do that. I have no obligations or whatever, but on the back end, it's all the same. It's just a different costume, a a different mask to wear, but it's literally in terms of the pyramid scheme structure, it's exactly the same. And so it's interesting if you can build under them or not. Right. Whether or not you're the last one in or not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'll point out one other difference between Young Living. Um, You know, I know we were going to talk about that later, but I'm just going to point it out now is they really bragged about their compensation plan being different and better because they flipped the percentages. So you'd earn less percentage at the top of your team And as your team grew, you'd earn a higher percentage. So you'd, oh God, even just saying these words, it's like, um, you'd earn the least on the least and the most on the most. And this was supposed to foster team building and foster that mutual support. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, right? (laughs) So you joined doTERRA. And what happens in the beginning? What what does your first year look like in this organization? Well, I bought that kit, resold it to a friend um, who, you know, also was a client. It was like a cleanse kit. I at that point, because my own product line was challenging to operate, I was I was pretty stoked. I was like, I don't have to hold inventory. People can just order directly from the company. I can maybe do health coaching up front for free and get paid on the back end. Like I was starting to see that it could be residual income and yet still didn't quite get at all the business model. My enroller who was active at the time and then basically the whole time I was involved was not active. I went to her upline for mentoring. She started texting sort of daily, either motivational or business advice. Um, And so one of the first business training videos I eventually watched, I mean, it took me a while to kind of get with the program, I guess, was all about belief. And I remember watching this video and just sort of going, 
what, you know, so it was all about belief and mindset and you can do it. And, you know, and I was like, but how, what, where, what are we doing? I, I did attend a lot of, um, local events. Our team leader hosted a monthly gathering. The first part was sort of product education. The second part was business. I, I, you know, felt very excited to sort of be part of a community. I wasn't necessarily seeking that, but it definitely was filling something for me. I liked that our team focused on product education, you know, and it was sort of that product of the product messaging and really get to know the oils. And once you love them, you can't help share them and all of that stuff. And, and then your clients too, will obviously want to sell them. So the implication was not just like on product education, but that eventually your clients will love them so much or see how much you like that they're going to want to sell them. Right. Right. We get that messaging a lot in MLM where it's like, be a product of the product. You don't actually have to buy anything. You just have to use what you love and teach others what you love so that they can use what you love and it becomes what they love and then they can sell the product. And it's not really selling the product because it's a product that they use and love. And then we repeat that forever. And then, you know, step two is, I don't know. And then step three is profit. It's hard to separate the business training from the product education. You know, I'm just trying to think about that first year and how, how much our team was really like, this isn't get rich quick. You know, you got to put in the time and you got to work the business and you got to do these steps and I'm buying the training materials and buying all the, buying all the stuff. You know, luckily I had my own business actually established that I could sort of write this stuff off under. So it was always kind of under that umbrella for me anyway. I actually did have a small business for whatever that was worth. Well, here's a good question. Because you had a small business and because you were also doing doTERRA as a business, were there any things that you were seeing throughout your time? And I know this is sort of like, we'll get there eventually and we're sort of jumping ahead a little bit, but because you were already a business owner and understood what a real business owner was doing and what a real business responsibilities were, was that a red flag at all when you were noticing that maybe doTERRA wasn't really a business the way a normal business is a business? To be honest, I really just did not get it. No, it didn't seem like a red flag because, you know, I was a very small business, sole proprietor, sole practitioner, you know, no business training. I was just developing my own systems. So no, honestly, it didn't, it didn't come up as a red flag for me. And my team was pretty, just pretty slick. You know, they had the answer for everything. They made everything sound reasonable. They were really intelligent people. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. They, they seemed to be treating their, their business and their team like, a sales force as well, because they're doing product knowledge with you guys. They're teaching you about the products, the way to use them. They're telling you it's not a get rich quick scheme. You really have to be a product of the product and use this and love this. I mean, that's all part of an MLM as well. That's getting people to join the pyramid scheme. But at the same time, being in the industry you're in and I'm in, that happens. You have people from product lines come in and do product knowledge and product education. Yeah. And so even for me, when I was learning product education and knowledge, when I was in MLM, it seemed very real. Like, oh yeah, no, we do this in the hair salon. People come in and tell us about all the stuff. So this makes total sense. 
And I myself would do product knowledge for my team as well. In LuLaRoe, it was like fabric knowledge. These are the different kinds of fabrics. This is what they feel like. This is how you can describe it. This is what it's made out of. Because we really, truly, when you join an MLM, are indoctrinated that this is a business and you need to treat it as such and be serious about it. And then we look like giant asshole fools teaching everybody about modal fabric. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. What a waste well, of that, all of our time. <laughs> what a waste of time. I'd give anything to give, get that time back. But, you know, and it was always sort of like, you know, we're selling essential oils, but really we're selling accounts, but really we're selling time freedom, but really we're selling this dream lifestyle, but really, but, you know, like, like they were selling everything, filling every need. I know this is across the board MLM, but I mean, I, I hooked into that, you know, that moment that I was coming from coming in. So you being really vulnerable, losing your father, being a young mother, like hook, line and sinker. You just fell for it. Like, this is the answer. Is that what it felt like to you? It, to be honest, it it did take some time for me to, to get there. You know, I remember talking to the team leader about what is the difference between young living and doTERRA? Why aren't they certified organic? Oh, because they're beyond organic. They they're they're transcending the governing bodies because none of them are really sufficient. Wait, uh, what? Yeah. Is that what doTERRA says? Yes, they are beyond organic because they they have created their own sort of like Young Living Seed to Seal. It's certified pure therapeutic grade, CPTG. Right, which is not a thing outside you know, of, of, it's not of a their thing own thing. Of- they made that up. They made that up. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, because the, okay, so it's not a regulated industry. So they're creating their own standards that kind of makes sense. I, you know, I was just sort of trying to gather information, but it took me a while, you know, cause I was still doing my massage practice. This was just kind of on the side. Then I had my injury. Then I tried to start a wellness center that also did not stick. Um, so I is, was, is a wellness center, a doTERRA thing? No, that was um, between me and a colleague that were trying to partner and establish something. And um, that just turned out not to be a good fit for either of us. Um, So um, you just mentioned it, and I think it's a a great segue to talk about the difference between Young Living and doTERRA, because I get that question a lot. People ask me, "But, but why is there two? Why? What's the difference? How did that happen? So let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit and catch everybody up. Okay. Um, Well, what I know is that the founders from doTERRA were previous executives at Young Living. And from all we know about Young Living, wouldn't you want to distance yourself from that shit show? Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) Gary Young is a nightmare of a human person. And uh, just, wow. If you haven't, you should check out my other Young Living episodes, um, Elizabeth Broha, and I believe it was Liz Arias is who I believe was the other person we talk Young Living and Gary Young with. So if you haven't heard those episodes and you're like, wait a second, what's so bad about him? I'm new here. Pause and go check those out. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Yeah. So you've covered it. Lots of people have covered it. That information is obvious and available. Whereas doTERRA doesn't have those sort of stains on their reputation and, you know, they've won all their litigation with Young Living. Like 
they, um, they never slander. Like I never heard anybody slander young living. They really kind of took the high road, which was respectable. You know, in my experience, I was like, okay, great. They're, you know, they're, they don't focus on that. They're just like, here's what we're doing. Right. So that was respectable. And at the time to me, right. Um, they focused on their foundation, the Healing Hands Foundation. They focused on all their service work through co-impact sourcing, which is their sourcing model. Um, you know, so they have a lot of control over their supply, which um, theoretically, you know, in, in the world of essential oils and aromatherapy, that's not a bad thing. Adulteration does happen. Like these are issues that they seem to have a solution to. But again, those are sort of the distraction techniques that companies do to keep you focused on the good that they're doing. You know, a lot of the training that we ended up having on our team was around mindset. A lot of the trainings were done by naturopaths. So that offered in my mind, coming from a holistic health background, a lot of validation. That's an excellent point. And here's something that I've noticed, and maybe you can say that being in both and and experiencing both of these companies, maybe you noticed, but for me, Young Living seems to be more the essential oil company that maybe the more religious mamas go towards. You have a lot of Mormon women that do this, a lot of Christian women that do this. Ryan McKnight talked about the priest craft with the oils in his episode last year. Um, And so that's always in the back of my mind. And so when I think Young Living, that's what I think of. I think of the religious mamas anointing their baby's feet. But when I think of doTERRA, I think of crunchy mamas. I think of alternative medicine mamas. I think of mamas that make their own kombucha and sprout their own grains. Because I had a friend when I was an MLM who sold doTERRA and that's, that was her. That was her. Like, and, and, and it worked for her and she had these classes and I never felt it never felt predatory in her classes. And I took doTERRA classes with her and I purchased products from her and she was living that life. And so that's just, that's what I've noticed. I don't know if there's anybody out there right now listening, nodding their heads and going, oh my God, yes, that's exactly it. But I've noticed that. Please let me know. Have you also noticed that Jamie? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I definitely would have identified as a crunchy mama then. I think I'm sort of unwinding a little bit from the spell of wellness culture. You know, certainly I still believe in a lot of holistic health approaches, but yeah, I mean, they definitely were not overtly religious. They still use the language of blessing and blessing people's lives and all that. Um, Certainly the founders are still from the Mormon church and there is, I mean, I know that's woven into their mission and their service work, but they don't preach that, you know, you're not at convention hearing religious stuff. So yeah, I think they did a really good job of marketing to anyone, particularly if you had spiritual beliefs or spiritual inclination. I mean, I think it kind of brought in more new age people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like hippie, witchy, alternative people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It it definitely was. And again, that was my friend. And here's the other thing. When I was selling MLM and when I was selling It Works, her and I did a a little MLM fair at this wine bar here in San Diego. They happened, they did them all the time and it was all MLM. It wasn't like us imposing on a craft fair. It was all MLM people. And I was doing It Works and she was like, 
she was the one that told me about it. She was like, it works. That's such a strange thing for you to do. And I was like, yeah, well, my cousin. And it just sort of fell into my lap. And, you know, the next time I went, I was selling LuLaRoe. And she had said something to me. She was still with doTERRA. And she had said something to me to the effect of like, oh, you finally found a better company. Like those fat wraps and the vitamins. It wasn't really like your vibe. This clothes, like this is definitely much more your vibe. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I'm so happy that you found an MLM that like fits for you and your lifestyle. You found the MLM for you. And there was always this thing going around about how like, there's an MLM for everyone. You just have to keep trying. You just have to keep looking. And I had heard that so many times that, you know, anytime I was like, no, I'm not interested. Oh, you must've been burned. Like not every MLM is made the same. You just need to find the one that works for you. We hear it all the time. And so hearing my friend who wasn't even in my MLM, but was in that MLM complex, say that to me, it was validation for MLM, not just LuLaRoe, not just whatever, but for MLM in general. Here was another person that was a friend of mine. We did cheer in high school together. We're still friends. She's anti-MLM now too. She's amazing. Hey girl. Um, And, you know, it, it was, it was solidification and they, they use that too. That's another thing. Like we don't, we've never even talked about that, but you saying that, like, it, it made me think of that. Not only do we have like your, fr- your friends and your family, like selling this, but you also have other MLMers confirming any confirmation bias you might have about MLM being scammy by being like, look, you finally found one that works for you. Yay. Now we can be MLM besties together. And that's what it felt like. So I know that's like totally a tangent, but it, it reminded me so much and sparked that to make me go, yes, like I remember already feeling like, I don't know if I should be doing this. And then when another friend was like, yes, it just confirmed it a little bit more and like pushed me even deeper into the MLM side. Yeah. I mean, I had several friends and family members kind of look at me sideways a little bit, but they all supported me. I had all the right answers for why it was okay to be doing. Our team was really, I mean, slick is the word I'm using. You know, they, they called doTERRA the unicorn, like they all do. They said, you know, yeah, MLM obviously has a bad name for a good reason, but here's why we're different. And let me show you, you know, all the graphs about your traditional nine to five, they really were big on like investment analogies. Like if you invested this much money, this is how much you'd earned over this much time. But if you do doTERRA, you know, like they really like you invest it with doTERRA. The potential is. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and they really like to tell us that we, that success was actually inevitable if we didn't quit, that the only people who fail are the ones who quit. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. 
and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com MLM code MLM. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And, you know, that was probably a big factor in me staying in as long as I did, you know, because by the time I left, I was starting to kind of see the writing on the wall. I could see that our upline that it consumed their lives, that their lives were managing this team and that their travel revolved around the company and all of that. And I was like, that is not the time freedom I was looking for. You know, I had glommed onto the idea that I could retire my husband. I mean, I really was like, how much longer is this going to take four years, maybe another two to hit a livable wage. I mean, I was barely breaking even. Um, I'm sure if I did the math, I have lost money. It's, it's all about that, right? It's all about the suspension of disbelief. Like, what would you do with an extra $50 a month? That's the first question, right? That's the first thing you see in social media. Oh my God, what if, what if I fail? But what if it works, girl? What would you do with an extra $50 a month? That's the first suspension of disbelief that they're putting in your head. And if you're already susceptible to the message and you're already vulnerable and you're already wishing you had an extra $50, that message might be the one that makes you go, oh my God, I would, I would get myself a Starbucks, at least a Starbucks a month. I would take my kids to the movies. Oh, we would go, I would do just a mama day. Oh my God, that'd be so great. Right? So you look into it, you suspend your disbelief. You think this is doable and maybe $50 a month is doable, but like, what does that look like in terms of hourly wage? 10 cents an hour? Are you willing to work really, really hard 40 hours a week so you can take your kids to the movies once a month? Yeah, it definitely does not pencil out. I spent a lot of time away from my family doing events and booths and classes and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And the first time you make that money, then you suspend your disbelief even farther and you go, oh my God, it worked. And then what would you do with $200 a month? What would you do with a bonus check? Did you see what the average bonus checks are? All you need is two people underneath you. What? That's all I need. Well, I could probably get to, I know, I know a lot of people. I could probably convince two of them and you suspend your disbelief a little bit more. And then you're at convention and they're like, what's your wildest dream? And you're like, I want to buy a blimp to live in. You're like, that's achievable with this business. You know what I mean? And that's how you get there. I think the thing doTERRA does really well, sort of the emotional appeal, like it's all really service-based. You're healing one person at a time, one household at a time. You're really spreading this gospel of this magical potion can do everything for your health and wellness and your mental state and your spiritual state and wrap it. It's all wrapped in affirmations and, you know, but by the time I was 
you know, nearly four years in on my way out, they had introduced a new bonus. You know, I was not at a leadership rank. I was still chugging along at that, you know, first kind of actual rank and it's called elite. And they introduced this new bonus. I ended up spending all my time rearranging people on my team to put them in the right structure. I had had one person actually like do some building and enroll some people and built a little tiny chunk of my team. And then she was like, ah, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm out. Um, I mean, even the words you just used, like enrolling, building, getting people underneath me, like that's all pyramid scheme talk, right? Like there's, that's all pyramid scheme stuff. There was no, like, I'm really educating because they have this issue and oregano is really good for that. Like, it's like, I was really trying to get her on the team. Like I was, I was not health coaching. I was not educating. I was jumping through hoops to hit this next rank. And after that experience, I was just like, no, this is not going to work. Cause if I'm going to have to keep doing that and I could see, of course, my mentor placing orders on my account so she could hit rank and stuff like that. You know, I was just like, no, this is a game. This is not anything going to be. So your own upline was placing the ghost account orders under you, like not even how, did she also have ghost accounts? Were you encouraged to have these fake ghost accounts to place orders under, Um, or did you just place orders underneath people? I think she just herself placed, placed orders on my account using her account. I'm not, I'm honestly not sure. I think it was just her account. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, we've heard from people that were like, we were encouraged to open up different accounts, people opening up accounts under their pets' names, under random relatives names using fake email addresses to, to place these orders. And then here you, here you are saying that your top leader just placed them underneath the people underneath them. Like she just used your account as basically her ghost account to place these fake orders. Yeah. And I, you know, I did that to some extent, but, but I didn't, I mean, I, I had approached a couple people saying, can I just open an account and build under you? But I didn't actually do that. I had enrolled people who you know, were interested in the business, but didn't really want to start building yet. So they'd agreed to keep up their qualifying order and I'd build under them. So that's kind of as strategic as I ever got because I couldn't, I sucked at recruiting. You know, I really just like, it wasn't really in me and I, I really did try, but it just, you know, it was always a round peg in a square hole. Yeah. Uh, And to go back really quick about something that you had said, Young Living versus doTERRA. So, so far this year, we've learned a lot about faith manipulation. We're going to learn a lot more about it. But that's something that I've noticed happens a lot in Young Living is there's a lot of faith manipulation. And it's still there in doTERRA as well. Like you mentioned a few things where I was like, oh, there it is. But it doesn't seem as overt. This is like covert faith manipulation in doTERRA, whereas it's very overt in Young Living, where they're very much like, oh, Young Living, we're the descendants of Brigham Young, and da 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 da. Like it's very much like that. But in doTERRA, because they are going after that nature crunchy alternative, it is not faith based because that's not really what that type of person is looking for. And so there is the faith of we're blessing people. We're blessing their lives and we're helping their families, but it's not coming from like a Jesus focus, but it's still there. Anyway, they are now manipulating your faith of just wanting to be natural. Right. The idea that, 
you know, it's a natural product. It's not a pharmaceutical. There's definitely a lot of pushback against the medical um, establishments. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely there. They brought in Elena Brower, who I'm not sure if you caught on the Conspirituality podcast, but she's a huge doTERRA hun on the East Coast. And, um, you know, they brought her in to develop their yoga oils. So they're definitely trying to get into the yoga wellness space and really appeal to anybody who has an affinity for natural remedies. I mean, that's one of your, one of your first things you ask, are you open to natural solutions is how we'd start that conversation. But you know, what's so funny is if you're already in that natural space and you're already a crunchy mama, you're most likely shopping at alternative grocery stores like Whole Foods or Sprouts or all of these other, I don't know, they're all regional. So whatever your natural store is, but one of the things that those natural stores sell is essential oils and like legitimately good ones. Whole Foods is insanely strict on what they put on their shelves. When I worked with them, when I was doing blogging, we had a whole, they sent us this list. I don't think I have it anymore, but I could look. It was a massive list that always increases every month as they learn things. These ingredients are not allowed on our shelves. So honestly, like if you really are really strict and stringent about those things, if Whole Foods sells it, you're probably okay. And you can buy those oils there. And there are so many other places to buy oils. It's so funny to me that they're targeting people that are already shopping at these places where these things literally are like $5 a bottle. But doTERRA's like, you can get it from me for 26. Yeah. I mean, they are insanely overpriced. I mean, I get this now. Of course I didn't get it then. What I did get is that that markup was to pay the sales force. What I didn't get then is that they're paying the top tier sales force and not any of the lower sales. Right. I was going to say, yeah, that money does pay the sales force. Unfortunately, 99% of that sales force isn't making anything though. You know, what kills me is in, in several presentations, I don't remember the context exactly. It's just sort of like part of my upline story, you know, the life changing story where I was always just like, I don't really have that life changing story. I'm not even making any money. Like, I don't know what to say, but she'd show these pictures of like the first convention that she went to that was sort of like, I'm going to this weird convention and, you know, like showing how she got into it. It was like six people at a table, you know, around a small convention room. And I'm not sure what point she was trying to make, but the way I see it now is like, she got in early. She got in early. Yeah. She's all, here's pictures of the very first meeting of the top of the pyramid. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That is so wild. So you spent four years in this organization. What were some of the the things that just just stick with you that you've been processing still to this day where you're just like, oh my God. Well, that's a, that's a big question because there's a lot and there are a lot of layers that keep revealing themselves. There's a lot of triggers that keep happening. You know, I will just say that I sort of started waking up out of the fog of what I had experienced you know, I got out in 2018. I, um, sorry, I don't think I can answer this without going into like the timeline a little bit, but absolutely. um, So I got out, I kept up my, 
qualifying order for several months because I'd hit that rank. I was like, it's the first time I got a decent paycheck in four years. That was more than just covering my order, not to mention all my other expenses, right? I think it was later that year I came across the Dream podcast. That was very eye-opening, gave me a lot of context for the industry that I did not have before. Brilliant podcast. So that was, you know, fall of 2018. It wasn't until the fall of 2020 when the Netflix documentary Unwell came out and I saw that. And then that was a great was like, episode. Whoa. You know, cause they did feature a doTERRA leader, you know, it just was so scripted. And I was just like, yeah, I just never could like quite put that persona on. And I didn't have that life's changing story. That's when I discovered, you know, the anti-MLM community and started actually learning about the industry and the predatory nature of it and the sky high failure rates, right? Like I started to really forgive myself for not making it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was like, I just remember leaving MLM and being like, oh, you failed. And I was like, but I didn't. Why is, why is that the thing everyone says? Like, cause honestly, like I had heard it so many times and I knew I hadn't failed. So I was like, well, they won't be able to say that about me when I leave, but they still did. Mm. And then it made me think, well, I wonder if all the other people that were quote unquote failures weren't really failures either, which made me look into the failure rates and, you know, this whole rabbit hole ant farm of anti MLM that's led us here. But again, like I knew I had enough confidence and self-awareness to know I wasn't this stupid loser failure that they were saying I was. Right. Just like you were not the stupid loser failure either. And we look at it and go, no, the common denominator is not me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that took, that took a quite a while for me to come around to, you know, when I told my mentor that I was leaving, it was sort of just like, yeah, you've, you've really tried. And I understand, you know, there was no, no animosity, no, like our team was really full of lovely, lovely people, um, with a lot of compassion and a lot of, you know, again, the intelligent people. Um, but now looking at, it's like, I can just see, like they, they got placed in those places. That's why they were dedicated to this whole team. Um, you know, I think one of the last straws for me was when my, my mentor came and said, can I have your team? Cause I hadn't been keeping up my orders anymore. I wasn't doing the loyalty rewards monthly order. And I knew she'd had other people leave her team who wouldn't give them their downline. You know, even at that point, I didn't quite have the language for it yet, but I was like, you can have my team. You know, we still had a good relationship. We had become pretty close. I mean, of course I'm not close with her at all now, obviously, but you know, I went through the process of canceling my entire account, which I was happy to do at that point. And we ended up just having a conversation where I said, I'm going to give you my account. I'm happy to do that. Good luck. You know, cause I knew at that point, like uh, the hustle that was involved in maintaining those positions and structure and all that. Um, and I said, and I want you to acknowledge all the work I did. Cause it certainly didn't benefit me. 
<laughs> Damn. So I don't know if any of that answered your question, Roberta, but you know, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the business structure. You know, like I didn't quite have the language for it yet. Yeah. You're like something around here smells fishy. Yeah. But you know, like that was one of the last times she caught, like, she wasn't just saying, Hey girl, what's up. It was like, you know, we don't really have any relationship after I stopped doing the business. That um, was pretty much the last time my upline reached out to me either was like, are you um, planning on leaving or like what um, what's happening with your team? So very much like I really am nothing to you. I thought we were friends. It was about money the whole time for you. Wow. Cool. Here's my team. Have a wonderful time. Yeah, I know. I mean, who knows if anything will ever really come out about doTERRA and if I'll ever be giving testimony or anything like that. But, you know, it sucks because these are lovely people. And, you know, that conversation was really like, I'm, she really, really heard me. She really like held that space for me in a good way that made it feel like, okay, this feels like some closure. Um, you know, and at the same time, she's like, well, I see it work for some people and not for other people. Like there's this not real acknowledgement of the business model itself. But it's like, you know what else works for some people and not other people? Murder. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so unbelievably ridiculous. Like gambling. That's a less morbid answer. Gambling. But are you willing to put everything on the line? for the 5% chance that you might hit the jackpot because you're willing to put everything on the line for the 0.3% chance to be successful in an MLM. Yeah. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. I mean, I never made any money, but I'll miss those birthday gifts. She was so good at birthday gifts. I got love bombs. So good girl. Oh yeah. The love bombing, the love bombing's fun. (laughs) But I was, to be honest, I was kind of a wreck the whole time. I was just always like, okay, well, I'm going to try it this way. What if I just do doTERRA's model, like just follow their steps without trying to have it be part of health coaching or massage or a wellness that like, you know, I tried it every different way. And it feels like you're taking crazy pills every single time because you're like, let's try it this way. Okay. Well, A doesn't work. Well, let's try B. Well, B doesn't really work either. C doesn't work. D doesn't work. E doesn't work. What works? Well, A worked for me. And you're like, oh my God. Like I already tried that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's literally everybody's experience, unless you're a mega hun at the tippity tippity top who knows exactly what she's doing or he's doing and is just jumping from one sinking ship to another. Yeah. I mean, we had lots training system after training system because they found a better one, a one that was uh, easier, more duplicatable, you know. I was discouraged from becoming a clinical aromatherapist because that wasn't duplicatable, right? That would appear like I was too educated or too, I I don't know. It was because it wouldn't make the entry point seem doable for the general population. See, but like, I feel the exact opposite about that. If I'm going to put my faith in someone, I want that someone to be as knowledgeable as possible. So if I'm going to buy essential oils from a rep, I'm going to look for the rep who's certified in essential oils and is certified in aromatherapy, maybe has a background in massage therapy or something like that. Like that's what I would look for. So the fact that they're telling you not to do that to me is even more proof that this is a scam. 
Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're on the side of trying to build a business within the company and not just a customer, but a consumer investor, you know, um, yeah, you have to make that entry point really a low bar. And, you know, my background, I think made me a really good salesperson because I did enroll like, I don't know, 150 people or something. And I really thought I could use my background and my knowledge to some good for people. But when I really was focused on the business, there was a huge disconnect. Yeah. They, they, they wrapped it in blessing lives, both in terms of health and in terms of finances, you know, but it did not bless my life in that way. I ended up, you know, I, the thing that, that disturbs me a lot besides all the business stuff are the health claims, the false health claims. And, you know, when you're, when you're, let's talk about another pyramid, they have this wellness pyramid where the bottom is eating, right. Right. Like eating healthy, whole foods, exercise, rest and sleep management. Have you seen their wellness pyramid? Then you've got proactive self-care and then medical care at the very top. So sort of like your last resort should be medical care. Fine. You know, there's a lot we can do with diet and nutrition and rest and all that. Like there's a lot we can do with lifestyle medicine, but essential oils are part of that proactive self-care. That's like, should be kind of like a small percentage of what you're doing. Like you really should be relying on the staples of health, your diet and exercise and getting enough sleep and enough water, like the basic shit. Essential oils should not be your morning, noon, and night answer to literally everything. If you're having a negative thought, inhale the the peppermint and feel brighter and relieve yourself of your burden, you know, like literally an answer for everything all day long, every day. Our team all frequent daily doses. So you were taking it internally or aromatically and internally all day long, every day, it just becomes this really distorted lifestyle. I mean, don't you know the four cornerstones of a healthy life? It's eating well, drinking water, getting sleep and essential oils, obviously. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's crazy to me that like sniffing essential oils is a bigger chunk of the wellness pyramid than talking to your doctor about your problems. I mean, I get it, right? If you're doing all of the things, if you're drinking water, you're getting enough sleep, you're getting enough exercise, whatever, in theory, you shouldn't need a doctor for anything other than the normal stuff. But that's in theory, just like MLMs work in theory. Not everybody is a cookie cutter of the next person. It's not just like a big old ball of clay and we're just stamping people out. People are different. People are born with disorders and diseases that they can't control. I have been a health nut, wild hickory nut my whole life. And I still have medical conditions that are basically, I mean, a little bit treatable, but just sort of like really out of my hands. And I'm like, I'm really kind of like done everything right. And, you know, I'm still dealing with some stuff. Luckily, they're not, you know, major enough to really create a disability in my life. But for somebody who's been indoctrinated through the like wellness industrial complex, you know, you really are like, fuck, I didn't have enough positive thoughts. I didn't like, you know, I didn't do enough essential oils. I didn't take enough herbs, whatever. I mean, herbs and oils and positive thoughts can only do so much. 
you know? They can only do so much. Exactly. It's wild to me because they will use anything to indoctrinate anyone. They will use any belief that anyone has to manipulate and lie. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's the same exact company as, 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 uh, as Young Living. But here we have the exact 180 opposite of Young Living. It's like, oh, well, what they believe, but we're different. It's different here. It's a different vibe. We have a yoga blend. We work with athletes. Here's an interesting segue. So doTERRA is doing something that, I mean, I've seen other MLMs do, but they're doing it like a lot. They're doing it uh, and they're reaching out to celebrities and they're sort of getting like endorsements from these celebrities and they have this whole like team and it includes like athletes, but also performance artists and things like that. I talked about this in the summer because somebody sent me some screenshots to the country band Thompson Square sharing their awesome haul. Like, oh my God, thanks to Tara so much. So many people were like, this is an MLM. How could you support that? Thompson Square was like just being total MLM-y and being like, this is, it was, it was wild. They were defending doTERRA. I get it. They're a sponsor. They were like, we don't sell this. They're just a sponsor. It was wild. But again, it's like, really do your research on who your sponsors are. That's happened here on the show. We've had sponsors before people have reached out and said, Hey, you know, that one's not super great. And we've, we've handled it. When you know better, you do better and you go forward from there. But here we have this really great example of people reaching out and saying, this is bad. And Thompson Square being like, we don't really care what you think. But they're also going after Olympic athletes. Hmm. And it's very concerning. And it's going to be out and proud. And we don't want doTERRA to be out and proud. Those are not the organizations that we need to be out and proud. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I personally have not seen a lot of it. I've seen Kevin Hart do promo stuff. Um, But I mean, it was like one little blip and it's probably just paid to do it. Like, I don't know that, you know, like he's probably not a rep, but I used to get the leadership magazine and they would definitely feature any kind of prominent public figure or celebrity who was using the product. Absolutely. Lots of athletes. Um, The only kind of celebrity that I know of was Ben Lee and Ioni Sky. And I only just sort of recently came to that awareness, maybe sometime in the last year, but you know, they're not, I don't know if they still have a team. I, I don't see them promoting it anywhere anymore. Wait, 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 wait. So Ben Lee, the singer mm-hmm. and Ioni Sky, the actress of Say Anything fame, yep. sold doTERRA and had active teams. Oh yeah. Ben uh, Lee? Yes. Yeah. He, he was a bro Terra dude. No. <laughs> I know. I was kind of bummed out when I found, I mean, I had a friend who, whose husband is uh, the singer in a pretty popular band. And, you know, like I sent my good friend in the band on the road with a big doTERRA hookup. And she, you know, because she promoted it on her page, I got a lot of clients from her, but yeah, I remember seeing them in the leadership magazine and going to my friend and be like, isn't this, isn't this your friend's friend? And, you know, they were sort of doing it as a way to, or the way that they marketed themselves was as a way to like fund being artists. Like you can do this to, so that you can support your lifestyle as an artist. 
Um, but yeah, I haven't seen, I think, I don't know. Again, I don't know if they still have an active team and if it's just kind of wow. running in the background. I mean, what I've seen with higher up leaders is that they often rebrand themselves as coaches or other, you know, other kind of leaders than doTERRA leaders, but they still very much have an active doTERRA team happening. I don't think that's actually happening with those, those two. I certainly hope not. I mean, Ugh. I, it's, it's like, it's like the worst news I've heard today and maybe even this sorry. week. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, I know it sucks Cause like, they're such cool people. Yeah. You know? Some of the other people that they have on doTERRA, that's their performance advocates. And this is on their website, doTERRA.com. You can go right to it. Their performance advocates. Um, some of the people that you might be seeing sharing this, uh, Jamie Anderson, a professional snowboarder and the first ever women's Olympic slope style gold medalist. She is a, a doTERRA performance advocate. We also have what an interesting um, category performance yeah. advocate. Like they're not necessarily. Yeah, they're not selling it. They're just promoting yeah. it. They're just athletes yeah. and professionals prom- promoting it. <laughs> and then we also have Lauren Gibbs, who's an Olympic bobsledder. She's also on their page and you can click like they have their own profiles and you can meet them and there's pictures and they have links to their socials so that you can go on their Instagrams and see them sharing their doTERRA. Lauren Gibbs right here says, when you finally get to check out all of your 2020 connection swag, really cool new kits and diffusers. And she's got a picture of her putting roll on on her wrist and she's got the whole kit right there on her Instagram. I mean, it's 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 mm-hmm. all there. It's all making it it look legitimate. Now, remember, anybody that doesn't understand that these are cults is going to look at this and be like, oh my God, I love Lauren Gibbs or whatever. And that's great. I'm sure she's an incredible athlete. She's a beautiful woman, but we don't need to be in a cult and we don't need to promote a cult either. Well, people really, really, really like the products. It's not a bad product, you know, and especially if you buy all the hype about their purity and how they compare to other products. I mean, I'm still unraveling that one. I'm like, I'm sure there are other good essential oil companies out there. Are they all good? Are some of them bad? Like, I don't know. You don't really know, but (laughs) yeah, you know that there are other companies out there doing good work that are not MLM. Exactly. Like there are other companies or other uh, organizations, there are other entities that you can support. There are places you can donate your money that doesn't directly contribute right back into an MLM, all kinds of things. This is, um, this is from Jenny Wild. She says, Jesus, doTERRA, did you see my TikTok dovetailing off of Julie Joe's Michaela Skinner thing? The doTERRA CEO is a University of Utah alum, and he brokered a deal to sponsor Utah athletics for six years. Uh, he also was with Young Living and started doTERRA, and he's also LDS. She says, she continues, she says, I was watching NCAA gymnastics, and I couldn't believe it. With collegiate athletes being allowed to make money with affiliates and sponsors, now it's just going to scream grooming with doTERRA recruiting, which is absolutely true, right? So we're now, collegiate athletes can't be professionals because they're in college. They can't have professional deals and things like that, but they can have sponsorships. You know, it, it's, it's, it is, well, like Jenny said, it's very grooming. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, 
It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's grooming. Anybody who's looking and seeing, anybody who's like, wow, look at what they're doing. That's totally legitimate. Michaela Skinner does it. Oh, that's totally legitimate. Uh, You know, Jamie Anderson does it. Sloan Stevens does it. Whoever these performance advocates, like they don't understand. They literally have just had their team go, hey, have you ever heard of doTERRA? They want to work with you. I have a team that reaches out to me and says, hey, have you ever heard of whatever? They want to work with you. The same exact way. I then have to do my research. I look into the company. I go, oh yeah, okay, this works or this doesn't work. Or, oh, hey, you know, this was working, but I heard this and it doesn't work anymore. Whatever. These these people, it's their responsibility when their team comes up to them and says, hey, this company wants to work with you. It is their responsibility because it is their name, their persona, their brand. They have a responsibility the same way I do and anyone else that's going to put their name and their likeness, their opinions, their personality and connect it to a brand. You have a responsibility to understand what that brand does, what they're doing, who they give to, who they support, what it means. And again, I'm not an anti-everything kind of person. I'm an anti-MLM person. And so it goes back to this, but like, if we're going to continue to support MLMs as professional athletes and performance advocates, this is literally just derailing all of the work that we've been doing. We've got an entire movement of people sharing statistics. This movement is growing constantly. And then this happens where we have Olympic athletes and like doTERRA has their teeth already sunk deep into it. And it's just, it's problematic and people don't know why because it's so commonplace. Yeah, I think the hard... I don't think they're looking into it because MLM is legal. So they just, it's legal. They're not investigating any further than this is a legit company. You know, they're not like. Right. And the DSA works so hard to make that word, the word that people use when describing these scams. Well, it's legal. Well, it's legal. Right. Okay. Lots of stuff's legal. Doesn't mean you should do it. Doesn't mean it's good or morally or ethically okay. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's just an obvious loophole. (laughs) Right. I'm like, anybody listening to this knows why they're legal. It's just a big fat loophole so that everybody that's letting it be legal, like, yeah, sure. You can make this scam legal. As long as you give me a little bit of money, I'll pretend it's legal too. Sure. Okay. That sounds great. Government. I mean, come on kind of important to me to point out the the sort of legitimacy of the leaders on my team being naturopaths that seemed important to point out yeah let's talk about that because that's another thing right it goes right into that alternative medicine your leaders are naturopaths so you're like I trust them they do this they've done the research they know what's up I want to do that I'm working toward that I'm going to trust them explicitly. Yeah. I mean, I had looked at naturopathic college. I had um, looked, like I mentioned, at clinical aromatherapy programs. Um, I was interested in that higher level education. But, you know, then you've got leaders and teachers on your team um, 
talking about doTERRA actually being the thing that's paying their bills at the end of the day. So why go $200,000 into debt to get a degree that you're just going to spend the rest of your life paying off when doTERRA has everything for you right here, all the health remedies, as well as the financial plan. I, I just am really um, concerned about the overuse. I mean, it's not only an issue in terms of sustainability, you know, I mean, let's talk about just for a second here, the fact that the essential oil industry is popular as it is now is causing a huge strain on the resources of plants. You know, how much plant matter it takes to create an essential oil is a lot. And these huge oil corporations like Young Living and doTERRA are edging out actual small farms because they're just, they're doing so much. Yeah. The the impact on the backside is horrific and nobody talks about that either. Yeah. I mean, I think the sustainability is a big issue that doesn't get talked about enough, you know, and of course, doTERRA meaning gift of the earth. They talk about how they're creating partnerships that are good for small farmers and good for, you know, that they're doing things in a sustainable way. But I mean, with the amount of product being pushed and recommended, I mean, I think I mentioned earlier this model that our team coined. I mean, this is not a doTERRA thing. This was on my team in particular, small frequent daily doses. What the fuck? Like, where does that come from? Like where I want to know where that model came from, because it's not, there really isn't enough research on essential oils. There's some research on lavender. There's this whole debate about tea tree and lavender on young boys. Like there's some stuff in the medical literature, but there are not like dosing protocols that I think fall within the realm of what MLM is promoting at all. I mean, one of the things I put on this page that just got taken down was a proper dilution guide because not once in the four years that I was in doTERRA, did I ever see a proper dilution ratio guide that said, you know, if you're using a one ounce bottle and you want a 2% dilution, this is how much goes in we were making 10 mil roller bottles with like 40 to 80 drops of essential oil. It's an extreme dose. It's an extreme dose. We often really, really did not educate people about proper dilution. You know, a lot of people just use them on, on them, in them, around them all day long, every day. And of course, within a private doTERRA team, you can kind of say whatever you want. If it's not out there on social media, but it's on your private pages or on your team calls or whatever, you can talk explicitly about working with specific diseases and make disease claims. And that was happening all day long. Oh my God. And just the amount of overuse. I mean, it's not appropriate. It's not regulated. It's non-compliant. It's create, you know, and not everybody can tolerate that. Like some people are going to develop sensitization or even an allergy or have an actual adverse reaction. I mean, essential oils are so strong and concentrated. It's wild that you were putting 40 to 80 drops into things. Like what is the point of that? Like just to use the oil up. So you have to buy more. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Just the level of overconsumption feeds right into the business model of needing more and more and more and more. Have you seen this new trend of oil dumping that they've been doing where they're taking like when your bottle has less than half, they're literally like, oh, because 
I'm assuming it's to empty the bottle so that you have to buy more. It doesn't make any other sense either way. And they're pouring it over their head, like just on their head, like a half of just dripping it and let it, um, it is like, I, what are you doing? I, I think I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, that's, that's nuts. It's literally just pouring it out. And then you're like, oh no, I'm out of peppermint now. I guess I have to buy more peppermint. People in the natural health world, like really want to demonize the medical industry. And, you know, we don't have a great healthcare system, right? Like our outcomes are terrible. We spent like for the money we spend, our outcomes are terrible. You know, pharmaceutical industry, there are some big problems. So they like to really capitalize on that. And, but just because it's natural and not a synthetic, like that doesn't mean that it's inherently safe. Just because it might be pure and natural doesn't mean you should put it in your body. In the aromatherapy world, clinical aromatherapists are not making that recommendation broadly, maybe in particular cases under supervision, but they're not making that recommendation broadly. That's absolutely wild. And here's another thing, like you point out lawsuits with the companies and things like that, like, oh my God, that how dare you? But they love to throw lawsuits about pharmaceutical stuff. Well, there's a lawsuit about that and that's bad. And this is, and I'm like, it's an illogical fallacy. Like you're going to look at one side of your own vendetta and your own agenda and your own argument, but you refuse to acknowledge the exact same thing happening in your industry that you're a part of with the MLM aspect. It's just wild what they choose to believe and what they choose to ignore. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, you know, I, I still have way more essential oils than I think a normal person should have, but I did a lot of giving away you know, really cold out my collection. So I have kind of, I still have way too many oils and with the much, much, much reduced level of consumption, I'm just looking back now. I'm like, I was just using way, way, way too much, way too much. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier about a page you had that is no longer and we talked about this before we hopped on. So when you mentioned it, I was like, let's talk about this. So I've talked about multiple times about having my account taken down, um, being attacked by people because they don't like what I say. We call it fair gaming in Scientology. Okay. I'm using that broadly across all cultish groups when they do these sort of fair game policies. You decided recently to create an anti-MLM account and you made an anti-MLM account and you started sharing education, like your delusion or your um, delusion guide. Yeah. Your delusion guide. I was like, what is that called? (laughs) You shared that there. Mm -hmm. Where is that account now? What happened? Walk us through it. All right. Well, I mean, I am not the most technologically savvy person. I'm not trying to, you know, be out there. I just was ready to finally speak up and join the conversation and not be a voyeur anymore in the anti-MLM community. I had learned enough and, you know, I, and also because doTERRA seems to evade criticism, um, you know, in comparison to Young Living, I really wanted to be part of the conversation and show that, that doTERRA is just the same as any other MLM. You know, they've just got their marketing a little bit more dialed in to where it doesn't seem quite so gross on the surface. So yeah, I started this page. Should I say what it was called? Does it matter? You yeah. may call it you. Yeah, I would say, say <laughs> I mean, it it's because... not going to be this when I started again. So it was called Don't Terra. Of course, I was pretty proud of that. You know, it's funny. 
Um, I was really proud of my link tree, man. Like I put the, I put a link to the anti-MLM conference, the anti-MLM coalition, the FTC, Tina, like the income disclosure, right? Like you're what? doing it. You I like that's everything. It. It's perfect. It's a, it's the link tree. You still have the link tree. Just put the link tree in the new account. <laughs> right, right, right. But you know what I mean? It, I was really happy to finally be part of the conversation and part of the community and connecting with people and, you know, just like actual activism, not just advocacy. And I think I put out a total of six posts. I did a lot of, you know, reposting on the stories and all that was having some great conversations. And I know that there was at least one top doTERRA hun following me. I didn't, didn't track them very closely or, you know, I looked at their page a little bit. She liked a couple of the posts and then, you know, Thursday morning, Friday morning, I couldn't get into my account. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, apparently this happens all the time. I, I've not experienced it before, so I'm just learning as I go. Uh, it just happened to my friend, Charlie, who has the account Dear Society in the UK. And, and she'd had her account for a long time. And she talks about um, an MLM. We're going to have her on the show soon. But she talks about an MLM that's sort of going off the rails called IntelliTravel in the UK. And it's like a travel agent based MLM. And she made a post that they didn't like. And they like mass reported her for like nudity or something ridiculous. Her account is still like this account doesn't exist. And she'd had it for a long time. So, um, yeah, I think the fair gaming is a true real thing that's happening. It's happening a lot. I'm seeing it more often now than I was seeing it before. And again, like the movement is growing. We are reaching a lot broader audience than we were before. Mm -hmm. And in that broad audience of people that need to hear our message are also a lot of people that are still stuck in MLMs that are not ready to hear it, even though they do need to hear it. I get comments on my TikTok daily. That's like, I don't know why you care so much. Just let people buy what they want. Just let people do what they want. Just let people support what they want. And, you know, I just turned that into education. Sure. Yes, of course. But let's also educate people on what they're supporting because they don't know what they're supporting and their opinion on whether or not they want to support that may change once they know the truth. Right. Right. Like that's what I'm doing. Informed consent. (laughs) Informed consent. 100%. And it's like the opposite of informed consent is willful ignorance. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, I mean, being a customer and not really knowing is one thing. I mean, my sister just canceled her loyalty rewards order. You know, we've been talking about this for years now and, and it's just like, you get in a routine, you know, and she was like, my loyalty was to you, not to this company. So she emailed yesterday that she'd canceled it. I was like, yes. Congratulations, Uh, sister. Yeah. But you know, like how awkward is that coming out of it and circling back with people and being like, I'm really sorry that I roped you into this as a customer or a business potential person, you know, like going through that process of circling back with people. And I, you know, I made like one or two public posts. I did lots of emails and phone calls, but you know, other than my close friends and family who were like, we just were supporting you and we liked the products and, you know, they just don't really know. But the people who were like on my own small little team that I was mentoring because I was acting like the leader I wanted to be, they weren't real happy about it. I mean, they, they didn't push back super hard, but they were, I think, pretty shocked. I feel like the feeling that Huns feel when we leave their team, like 
is just annoyed. Like that's just the, just like, because I was there. I remember leaving or having people leave and be like, I get it. I, I still like you. I still love you. It's not a problem. But then being like, because it's annoying. And that's when I started to really realize like, this is not sustainable. Like all of that work, just poof, gone with, I couldn't control any of it. This person left of their own accord. There was nothing I could do, you know? And I think honestly, it's annoyance. We shouldn't feel annoyed when people decide to do different things that no longer benefit us, but it's a common feeling and it's becoming commonplace to feel that way when people don't support you, that you're annoyed and you're angry. Do you know how many friends I have that I've never done their hair ever? Am I annoyed? No. Am I mad? Absolutely not. I don't care. You want me to do your hair? Cool. You don't? I don't care. Has nothing to do with our friendship. It is not predicated on the fact that you're getting a haircut and you're paying me. Like, I don't care. It's wild when you take that emotion out, which doesn't exist outside of MLM, this emotion of like, you're betraying me. I'm not betraying you. It just doesn't work for me anymore. And it has nothing to do with you at all. Quit making it about you. That's what makes this a scam. Yeah. It makes relationships really difficult. And I think, you know, I've really struggled with that. Like I, when you're in relationship marketing, you know, I'm forming relationships with all kinds of people that I wouldn't necessarily be friends with, not that I wouldn't be or would be, but it's like, you're doing it. You're forming a relationship because you're trying to sell them something. You're trying to get them interested in the opportunity. It's not genuine whatsoever. Even if your intentions are good and you want to offer them solutions, you're trying to make a sale. I mean, I'm, I'm like relationship out, you know, like I'm still like, oh my God, how many coffees can you have with somebody in a week? You know, so I'm still sort of coming back around to like, what does authentic relationshiping look like? And I'm very grateful that my friends and family never, you know, like it didn't rupture any of my close connections. It didn't, you know, I don't think I offended too many people on the periphery of my circle, but who knows, you know, I mean, who really knows, but I just, I think I'm one of the lucky ones that didn't, um, didn't come out having lost relationships. You know, I think that maybe it was something my team did pretty good, you know, to not foster um, animosity. They said things like, you know, if you're going to complain or bitch about your business or be frustrated, do it to your upline, not your downline, you know? So there was some sort of guard railing in place around like where it's appropriate to be negative. And yeah. Yeah. It's all there. Mm. doTERRA is just like all the rest. (laughs) They really are. And you know what? One thing I looked at recently that I was hoping to cover on, on my page was um, they've got this new founders 2.0 thing. And I've been tracking what um, the recovering Hanbot's been doing with on passive that whole thing, which is just like such an obvious pyramid scheme. And they're really just like literally telling you to suspend disbelief, literally, And I went to the doTERRA website to start looking at like, what is this founders 2.0 thing that I I'm getting whiff of. I watched the little two or three minute video on it and it was the same rhetoric. Just do it. 
You won't regret it. Just jump in. Don't even think about it. Just jump in. And when I heard that, I was just like, they, they really are the same. Absolutely. Every single one of them. You know, and it was all those top leaders that, you know, I bought their training systems and all that stuff has been sort of like amalgamated into doTERRA now, like all those top leaders that created their own systems. It's all like in doTERRA now, but it's very Amway of them to do that. <laughs> is it? Oh yeah. Amway's all about the business systems you use in the team. Insane. Um, I, I want to thank you for being so candid and for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, doTERRA, it's an important one to talk about because again, we're learning. It was exactly the same. Absolutely. It just was packaged in a different bow. Are you ready to do some rapid fire questions with me? Yeah, I know you do those. I'm a little scared though. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) One word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Shit show. Is that two words? Sorry. That works. It's great. (laughs) A warning or a piece of advice to somebody who's on the fence and looking to join an MLM. Um, to not get FOMO, don't be pressured. Um, look at the income disclosure, if nothing else, because it probably won't make sense, but it might make you pause. Um, you know, I think it would be hard for people to go jump into anti-MLM content off the bat. It might be confusing, but check it out. But those income disclosures, man, (laughs) right. They're so unbelievably telling. I'm, I'm kicking myself for not looking at it deeper when I joined MLM. Yeah. I mean, I had no, I didn't see one until after I'd left at all, but you know, also the FTC, I think does a good job of giving people the, the questions to ask and to look at, you know, they have a thing on their website. That's how to notice the signs of a pyramid scheme, you know, check that out. Absolutely. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Well, I guess I'd have to say doTERRA since it's the one that has affected me so much. Um, I, I personally had other than, you know, my previous account with young living, I, I don't have a lot of exposure, like in my personal life to them. Um, maybe we should say Amway since they're the granddaddy, you know, I don't know. Um, I think they all are terrible. What is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? Um, many hard lessons. You know, the one that just popped into my mind though, is that, that indoctrination technique of, you know, saying you have to get uncomfortable, right? All the magic happens outside your comfort zone. No, because your intuition is there for a reason. Those internal signals about looking at red flags or noticing when something doesn't feel right is there for a reason. So no, the magic is in you. It's not outside your comfort zone. Yes. Do not ignore your gut intuition. Please don't do that. And then lastly, a positive takeaway from your time in multi-level marketing. I think along the way, there was some decent coaching. And because I'd come out of, you know, coaching and being a massage therapist and being, um, you know, a helper healer practitioner and already kind of being in that self-helpy world, you know, there were some useful ways to communicate with people. One thing I appreciated was asking permission-based questions. I think that's important. People often just kind of like launch at you with their pitch or whatever. And so we really 
learned some communication techniques that while ultimately within the MLM were manipulation, I also felt like had some value for me personally, you know, asking permission-based questions. Can I tell you about this thing instead of just telling somebody about a thing? I think that's a, a really interesting takeaway, actually. I, that's a new one. I like that. Yeah. There were definitely a lot of communication skills I learned as well. And when I took the manipulative scammy aspect out of it, there's yeah. a lot of room for introspection and, and learning with those techniques. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on the show and telling us about doTERRA and your time in. I know that this is going to help a lot of people. So I really appreciate your candidness and just you opening up to us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all the awesome work you're doing. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. <laughs>